Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Good Girl Mafia Monday Moment in 5 podcast. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. I hope you're having a great week so far. I'm really excited about our next guest because this show, I've been dubbing it like Real Talk Girl Talk because that's exactly what it's going to be. I've been very open with you about how Good Girl Mafia was born. And if you're new to Good Girl Mafia or the show, I'll sort of give you the top line. My father passed away and my marriage ended pretty much at the exact same time. And that all led me to leave an amazing job that I had worked tirelessly to build over the years. And to say that that was a really difficult time for me is an understatement. It was without question a low point. And until meeting today's guest, I had never encountered anyone with that specific shared experience. And I recall telling her, you know, this is a club that no one wants to be a part of. And yet here I meet this girl who's part of the same club. And the similarities don't end there. You will see it's it's uncanny how much actually we have in common and how we haven't crossed paths before. But that's the even weirder part we have. We have. So it's so crazy. So I want you to get ready for some real talk, girl talk. A number of you Good Girl Mafia girls have asked that I talk specifically about grief and fear and how to thrive in spite of it all. And today's podcast is definitely, I think, for you. I think you're going to learn that not only will you survive, you're going to thrive. And a conversation with a female founder, an entrepreneur, a CEO is always something I strive to bring to you because as a general rule, I have found that female entrepreneurs have often often have a story and it's a story that is anything but smooth. And it's a story that I feel must be told because it inspires other women. So get ready to be inspired with an academic background in fashion marketing and creative writing. Lauren has managed and developed the online presences for countless brands and businesses for over a decade. In 2013, she founded the creative agency, Two Social Agency, specializing in all things digital, all things social, all things creative. And since then, the agency has grown to two offices, Toronto and L.A. Hello. Another thing we have in common And she's got a great team behind her as well. And her expertise lies in large-scale social strategies, uh, client relations, business growth, as well as team management and development. Lauren, you'll find, is very passionate about community. It's another way that we really have connected. And she's passionate about exploring ways to utilize digital strategies and online marketing to communicate positive messages and shed light on meaningful conversations, which is exactly what we are about to have today. Hello, Lauren. Hi, thank you for the intro. I'm so glad you're here. And in person, I mean, what a treat. That worked out. It really did. So thank you very much for coming in. I know your time is short here in LA. So again, I genuinely appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun, isn't it? I know. And it's so nice to have somebody like, I'm looking you in the eye. It's like, this is so great. And a meaningful conversation we are going to have. It it wasn't that long ago, a few months ago, that you and I met up Mm -hmm. and we were connected unbeknownst to both of us I think initially we were reconnected it didn't Mm -hmm. quite dawn on me right away we reconnected we met up we had coffee we sit down 
We start chatting, turns to girl talk, and lo and behold, your father passed away, and you also lost your relationship virtually at the exact same time. And I remember thinking to myself, first of all, oh, my God, I feel so bad for her. (sighs) And then I thought to myself, I feel so bad because I know exactly what Mm. that feels like. Isn't that a wild thing that we share? It is. And I don't even know how we got into that conversation, but it happened for a reason. So I'm glad we did because I think it's something you touched on. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that have this shared experience, but to have it so specific to ours and meet somebody else, like, I mean, it's wild. It so, is. It, it really know. is. And I've had a lot of people on Good Girl Mafia ask me to talk about mm-hmm. grief and loss and fears as that relates to women. And I think when you lose so much at one time, you lose, I felt like I lost part of my identity at that time as well. Yes. And I think, you know, we had kind of talked about this also. It's like, especially being um, an entrepreneur, someone who runs a business, or even just generally speaking, going to work every day, you have to power through. Like you're given a certain leeway and, you know, people are around you a lot and it's it's a really busy time when you lose somebody. People are always like wanting to help, and it, it, that's wonderful. But it ex- obviously can't last forever, and you have to go back to everyday life. Mm-hmm. And when you're running a business, you have to put your game face on because you know your clients and the people who work for you they need to be led. They need to be inspired. You're, you're, you're still their boss, you know. So that was. The challenging part, I think, for me in the sense that it kind of doesn't allow for you to heal properly, I think. And so you're powering through, you're back into everyday life, you know, you're trying to run a business, you're trying to grow a business, you know, you're doing what you can, it's the everyday hustle, and then, you know, eight months pass by, and you're exhausted. And I think we talked about this, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I ended up going to a doctor and just asking him, why am I so tired? Like... I'm never this tired. I am full of energy all the time. And it's, I have no reason why, because it's eight months after everything I'd passed right. this time. And he said, well, you know, Lauren, like, you're exhausted from powering through. You know, like, you need to give yourself some time to heal. Your body powered through, but now it's shutting down. So give yourself time to heal. And it was like eight months later, I have to explain to everyone work. Like, I'm taking two weeks off and staying home. Like, it's not travel time, it's chill time. And it was so, so helpful to do that. I'm so glad you say that because that was, I think, the biggest challenge for Mm -hmm. me. So I work on national television, right? It's broadcast into 100 million homes. Mm -hmm. And on top of it all, it's unscripted. Right. So I don't have a script. I don't have a teleprompter. And just like you, you power through. And it gets to the point, and which is why ultimately left my job. It's, it was something, I, I mean, admittedly, I had thought about mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, that voice inside of me kept getting louder, like, maybe it's time to go, maybe it's time to move on. But it was that pendulum sh- shift of being so sad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, drive to work. And from the time you leave your house to the time I get to the front door, I'm like, okay, Perky, because that mm-hmm. was my that's my nickname, right? Mm-hmm. Perky Bergovic. It's like, <laughs> it's game time. Like, right. you got to put your game face on. And I found that that shift, that swing from one extreme to the next was just, it, it was untenable. Like, I just couldn't keep doing it. I, I totally get that. And I think that if you don't deal with your grief mm-hmm. or your sadness or even taking the time to honor that sadness and let yourself be sad, 
at least for me anyways, it starts showing up in other emotions. So I'm angry. I- I'm short. I'm yes. impatient. I was short and impatient. That was like a big one for me. But you totally. know how I described it? I almost felt like, okay, so there's a hose mm-hmm. and there's water going through and a little comes out the side, right? Now you got a little bit of water poking out on the side and then someone puts their finger on it, mm-hmm. right? And then you get a little hole on the other side <laughs> totally. of the of the hose and then someone <laughs> puts a finger on that. And that was the impatience and being short. Yeah. And it's just, I think that if, if you're dealing with loss and people do every day, you, as you say, Lauren, you must honor it because if you don't, these are the things that start to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think you don't really learn how to deal with grief until you go through it. So that's a hard thing when it when there's nothing quite like I don't think anyways losing a parent. Mm-hmm. And and when you lose a parent, it really knocks you off. Do you know what I mean? And and that will never I feel like go away. Yeah. You're going to heal to some degree, but it's always 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 going to be carried with you through your life. So how do you deal with that if you've never had to deal with that before? Right. Once it happens, it's like okay, I didn't personally know how to, I couldn't even identify the feelings I was having. Having So I luckily had an office to go into because that right. sort of saved me, you know? Like right. I was able to go in and, and some of the menial problems that you see with day-to-day stuff, you know, like I'd have an employee come in and she had cramps, you know? <laughs> I have cramps and she's crying <clears throat> and her boyfriend and her have a fight and she wants to take the afternoon off. And in my head I'm thinking, girl, my dad just died. You know, I was engaged and that didn't work out. And it all happened in a a matter of, you know, I think two months span. And so, but it's not for them to understand. They don't need to know that, nor should they. They need to be led and inspired by you. You're their boss. You're their, you know, so it was, it was a difficult time to compartmentalize all those things. I remember a girlfriend of mine overdated this guy. And I say overdated, Mm -hmm. like she probably should have ended it. At some yeah. point. And, th- and I'm saying this. we've all overdated. Exactly. <laughs> you took the words right, right out of my mouth. And it's like, I'm not saying this with any judgment because yeah. I have without question stayed far longer than I should have. So I get it. But to your point, I remember, I don't know, he didn't show up for the, to talk for like the bajillionth time or something. I forget what it was. And she is crying. And I, in my mind, I'm, I'm like, Diana, stay focused stay focused on being a good friend because she's hurting. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at her and thinking almost, I almost had a feeling of, wow, must be nice to have a broken heart. Like my soul I feel has been shattered in a million pieces. Like I, I, I've, I've lost my dad, a right. husband, all of it, like all at the same time, just like you. And I'm spinning mm. and I'm like Diana, but honor where like stay focused and be the friend she needs you to be because that's her pain, right? Like, yeah. I can't minimize it. But like you, I was thinking, but oh, my God. sometimes you do an internal eye roll. Absolutely. And you don't mean to do it. And honestly, no. I don't think anything's wrong with that. You know, uh, she needs you as a friend right. for that moment. And that's, you're allowed to have that eye roll if you want. You went through something tough. I, th- I you think know? we're it's all okay. human. Yeah. You know, we're all human. And that was like, I promised you real talk, girl talk. <laughs> so here we go. Here's some real talk. But it's like, you're human, right? And that's such a difficult thing. I think to go through and then to watch someone and you, in your mind, you're like, oh, you broke up with your boyfriend. Oh, he didn't show up for coffee to talk again. Like, oh my God, like tragic. That's what was going through our mind. I thought, wow. But don't you find having gone through that, it really does put other things into perspective mm-hmm. as you move forward. First of all, you learn how to grieve properly. 
you probably learn a lot about yourself because you've had to go through a lot in a short time and you've had to manage your life in the meantime as well because life goes on. Yeah. But also it puts it in perspective of what's really important. And I think it's actually made me probably a better friend. Yeah. Because I can better relate to people when they're going through things or I, I can empathize better, um, Mm -hmm. whatever the issue might be. I don't know if that makes sense, but I definitely think that that you have to try and pull positives out of stuff. That's the way I look at it anyways. For me to get through something so shitty, I have to look at the other side. Like, you know, where, what am I pulling from this? What did I learn from this? I mean, you're never going to heal from losing a parent. So, you know, you have to find some kind of nuggets to move forward with. It's really funny you should say that because this is a theme that I've started to notice pop up a lot on the podcast. Mm, Really? Yeah. And so I did a summer book series and thanks to all of you who, who listened and, and read the books and, and I just, I really appreciate it. But I had uh, Sherry Salata on who was um, Oprah's executive producer for over 20 years. And she wrote a book entitled the beautiful no Mm. and the beautiful no net net is how these bad situations. Like if you look back on your life you can look at all the bad situations and there is like a line, a trajectory to how it has led to something really good, right? Mm-hmm. To your point. And it's interesting for me, I know without a doubt, had I not been alone with my dad in the room the entire whole night before he passed away, it was just the two of us, mm-hmm. and had the conversations that we had, would Good Girl Mafia exist? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Would I be living in L.A.? Probably not. Mm. Like, this is literally, I can say for me, the my, like, you know, the I'm living my best life, baby. I am. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, like, out of that tragedy, that those conversations and watching someone, you know, leave us, mm-hmm. that absolutely 100% led to here. So, like you're saying, you may not see the nuggets quite yet when you're in it, mm-hmm. But you will one day wake up and all of a sudden realize that there was a path to something and you have learned something and it will impact you in a positive way, even if you don't see it today. For sure. And I I think I could say the same. I mean, from my situation with my dad, I think that it made me just realize that anything can be taken away from you in a really short time. Mm -hmm. Your whole life can change in a second. I know that's so cliche, but... It, it's so true, and until you live something like that, yeah. you don't really realize that. You know, my between the di- the time my father got diagnosed to when he passed away, I want to say that was like two or three months. Yeah. So it's quick, and I had to move out, and I had to find a new place to live, and I had to, you know, I moved across the city, and, you know, minor changes, but they're big changes, mm-hmm. and all of that had to happen, and you sit back, and you're like, whoa, like my whole world just got shook. So... That puts things, that gives you thought in future moments where it's like, okay, well, you appreciate moments, you appreciate the present, you realize things can change, so maybe you have a little bit more gratitude for things. Um, You know, just like little nuggets like that. Also, your health. That was a big thing that came out of it for me. I've always been pretty healthy and, you know, uh, I studied health and wellness for a really long time. I was a trainer for four years. Still a passion of mine, but I really think having gone through that, that sort of... (laughs) Took it to a whole new level, you know, and you're more mindful of your body and your things and, and your age, you know, age 
for me anyways, became, or time rather, became a huge focus. Like, okay, I'm this age now. Am I closer to my goals? How do I feel a sense of achievement every year? So I have like little things I do now that help me feel a sense of achievement at the end of the year. Like what? Like, I would love to know. Well, I always did this actually. I would write my goals in, in, in like what I call a goal list. Now I do it on my phone, but old school. I used to scribble <laughs> it on a piece of paper, you know, put it in my wallet, carry it around. And I would check it out like around October from the previous year and see like, where am I at? And anything I wasn't done, I'd scurry to get it done before the end of December. And then near the end of December, I'd do it again for the upcoming year. So that's something I've always been doing because I find especially, you know, even just being an ambitious, ambitious person, but as an entrepreneur, you always want more. You always want to get to the next thing. It's never really enough in your head. So to make it enough or get that sense of accomplishment, this goal list is helpful for me because I can say, okay, well, these for sure are the five or 10 things I want to get done this year. It could be three, you know, depending on your level of <laughs> A-typeness. Um, I'm dying. Mine's like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we're like twinning right now. Uh, totally. I'm like looking at you and I'm like, oh, wow, overachieve much? Okay. Uh, I know. I get it. Uh, hashtag get story, it. not sorry. I know. It is, is what it is. I know. It's a blessing and a curse. Totally. I know. So anyways, and then at the end of the year, you know, you take a look at that. Those were the three or five or whatever amount of things you want to get done. And you did them. Yeah. So if everything else goes awry or, you, you, you know, you don't get the other 10 that are on your life list, mm-hmm. you could say you did something that year. And it, I do it in different categories. So I do it like these are the things professionally I want to see happen at Two Social and how we're going to grow and where we're going to be and that what the team's going to look like and all those things. And then I also do it, okay, personally, do I want to learn a language? Where do I want to travel to? Should I take a cooking class? Like things that help me grow personally because I think it's important to hit all of those. I agree. I agree. And I I truly, and this is something we talk a lot about at Good Girl Mafia, um, I truly believe in doing new things Mm -hmm. for personal development. Like this year for me, I'm starting to learn Spanish, right? Yeah, it's, you know what, it's I'm at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'll be very candid with you. I am not a good neophyte. Like I am not good when I'm new at something. Mm -hmm. I have I I've learned over the last couple of years that I lack patience. Yeah, I really like things like fast, fast, fast. Right. And so learning a language is for me an exercise in more than just learning the language. It's also an exercise in almost retraining myself to remember that it's not always lightning in a bottle, Diana. It's like things take time. And so that's the long answer. But I'm starting with an app and then I have, you know, thank God I have enough Latinos in my life that Mm -hmm. I know that I'll get to a point where it's like, okay, we're going to cut English off and we're going to go just to Spanish and then I'm hoping to do Peru next year and climb Machu Picchu and so my goal is to be conversational before I get to Peru so that I can be there for a week or two and really like get the language under my belt but to your point and and the reason why I bring up the Spanish and I love your personal list there's a lot of research today about the neuropathways in the brain and how that works and how so much of our subconscious mind we're not even really aware of. And that's where self-talk comes in and that's where learning new things come in because you can actually, they're finding, science is showing that we are 
whether we realize it or not, able to rewire our brains. And so when you start learning something new, though there are new neuropathways happening in your brain and you are actually doing so much more good for yourself than just learning a new language. And I find that as women, you know, I don't have kids. You don't have kids. No. I can't imagine like getting like, oh, oh yeah, okay. I got to get lunches made, but let me get all my Spanish. You know, right. it's like we all have a different path in life and there's always so many different things for us to do. But if we can find these little nuggets for ourselves, to me, it all fa falls under the umbrella of self-care. Totally. I have such mad respect for moms. So do I. You know, do, like- Do you have any nieces or nephews? No, I have a ton of cousins. Cousins, right. No, no nieces and nephews. Yeah, so I have a niece and I have a nephew. And I watch and I'm just in awe. Now, I get to forever be the cool aunt, which is I like the, the best cool thing aunt. ever. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But it's just I'm in awe. It is a full-time job and a full-time passion. And I think that as women, we need to really rally around each other and understand that everyone's um, reality is different and everyone's day in, day out, life is different. And you can't sit back and start judging each other mm -hmm. because it's not helpful. No, but it's such a judgy culture. Bye. And I think, uh, you know, being that I work in social media, right? <laughs> you know, I spend a, a, quite a bit of time on Instagram, but I mean, I can look at it from a different angle. Like sure. I look at more brands and it's sort of, you know research so to mm -hmm, speak mm -hmm. but it is like you know having that instagram on your hand it is has become such a judgy culture you know it's a mirror of everybody's highlight reel it is and you know it's okay so it's twofold for me okay we, we may agree we, we may disagree as someone who comes from television right right for me i look at social media and I see it as, and I, I call it the democratization of media, right? Yeah, yeah we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. yeah, we did. And I really am passionate about it because all of these brands today that are so impactful are doing it on social media. So there's good and bad with everything. So from that standpoint, I really like it. What I don't like is all of the BS and people standing behind these blocked accounts. I'll give you a recent example. I just did an IG Live on this. So my Florida mom, my second mom, mm -hmm. was in Vegas. And she's like, Diane, if you can come this weekend, drive out. I'd love to see you. I haven't seen Miss Marion forever. I go. Because have we met? Of course I'm going to hop in the car yeah, and go. Yeah, okay, hello. I'm coming next time. You Listen, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. We're going to Thelma and Louise our way to Las Vegas. Oh, my arms right now in the <laughs> podcast studio are up in the air. This is happening. And we will document it for Perfect. everybody. Yes. Exactly. So I go, blah, blah, blah. We spent the day at the pool, mm -hmm. cut to ba wet bathing suits, bathing suit cover-ups, sunglasses on. We're in the sun. We're walking from the Venetian to the Palazzo. They've got these, like, gold wings there where everybody stands for a photo op. Yeah. And Miss Mary, who's 70, says, oh, honey, I took one. You should stand and take. I'll take one of you. I'm like, okay. So I post it, and I post an angel emoji. And somebody on Facebook wrote to me, oh, it's written down at home, but it's something like, "I'm you're old, and I'm so sick of you narcissistic egomaniac. Anybody can wear sunglasses. I'm so tired of seeing you on my feed. I didn't subscribe to you, obviously. 
And so, I mean, I've worked on TV. If you knew the things people have said to me, you would die. You would die. I have, I have a thick skin. But this one bugged me because mm-hmm. it was like, why are you sending me things? I'm like, ciao, bye. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't send you Jack. This mm-hmm. is Facebook. You either subscribe to me or you're getting it erroneously, mm-hmm. but it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. So I wrote back and I'm like, I'm sorry you're getting my photos. I said, I can't send you anything. It's not how Facebook works. I said, but nice. if I go, if you're not following me, I said, then why not go ahead and just block me so you don't get my stuff? And so I took their name and I put it in the search engine. And I went to, because I wanted to see who this was. And I must have spelled the name wrong. So I went back. By the time I went back, I'm talking five seconds, 10 seconds, mm-hmm. gone. Their comment was gone and my comment was gone. And that's what gets my goat with social media. Right. Yeah. You do get the worst of people sometimes on there. I I don't disagree. I do think, I mean, obviously I work in and I found that there, my passion with it really was, especially when I started the business in 2013, was it was this awesome platform for local businesses or entrepreneurs to use that was, you know, relatively free at that time, yeah. you know, to just share their really cool gigs, yeah. you know, and, and reach more customers and build a community. I mean, who were we to know that it would evolve into, you know, trolls online right. and, um, you know, what we do a lot of the time at work is we try to find ways to have people be positive in their com- their conversations, mm. you know, in, instead of people take the time to write about a negative experience, people take the time to complain, but they don't often t- take the time to say, like, genuinely loved my waitress today. Yep. She was awesome. They'll take a photo with an ice cream cone and tag it for the chance to be featured. But, <laughs> you know, those genuine things. So, I mean, I still think there is additional opportunity for people and businesses businesses and brands to do better mm-hmm. um we're pretty selective in the type of clients we work with because we only want to work with people that we can find those positive and that they're aligned in their values as well to be a positive facing company but you know it is what it is we've got to navigate those like waters these days well and you have to have thick skin really i mean it's it's tough I agree. It's tough. Bullying's always been tough, but I think it's taken it to another level when people can hide behind screens. So let's let's talk about your company. Sure. Okay, Two Social. My favorite conversation. I know it is. I know it is. Okay, but before there was Two Social, mm-hmm. okay, I really like this girl, people. I really <laughs> like. I really like this girl. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the beginning. You have been an entrepreneur really since day one. Mm-hmm. In, in large part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this DNA? Is this, like, how? But here's why I ask. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. asking for a reason. There are so many women who have an idea or who want to go for it and do it, and they don't know how sure. or what, what are the first steps yeah. and blah, you know, how do I do this? My best advice always is don't get stuck in the how. That's the worst thing you can do. And then it's. What's your best advice, right, Lauren? Because you've been at this for a really long time. I always say just do it. Like, I know that's very Nike of me, but really, truly go and do it. Yeah. Because there's so many good ideas, and it may not work out, but at least you can say you did it. Lots of people can't say that. And so it kind of comes down again to you feeling accomplished at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. At least you can say you tried. At least at the end of your life when you look back, you can be like, hey, man, I gave it a go. Didn't work, or it did. 
but I tried. And for me, I was more afraid of not trying and living with that in my gut that I never tried Mm -hmm. than I was failing. You know what I mean? Right. So tell me about a time you failed. Oh God. Tell me about, she's like, okay. Where do I begin? Um, (laughs) I love this. Um, one that really particularly hit you that that you feel you you learned a lot from. Well, to be honest, I mean, define a failure, right? Because if you've tried it, and it, a day or two years or ten years, I mean, you tried it. What makes it a failure? I mean, if it's not profitable, if that defines a failure, then I could give you a few for sure. Right. If it, you know, hurt my confidence, yeah, I have a few of those too. Yeah. So you know. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good example of one, perhaps, that hits all those things. Um, and I think that's a very honest thing to say that hurts your confidence. Totally. Because it, it, it does. Especially, I think, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but for me, I'm, I'm like lightning in a bottle, right? Like I start it, it goes. Right. Let, let's get moving. Let's get shaking. I like yeah. it fast. I like it now. Right? And it's like... I put my mind to something, it happens, mm-hmm. right? Because I go through the steps and what do I need to do and put 110% and when it goes and takes a dump, yeah, that, that was hard for me. That was hard for me. Like that shook my confidence. Like what? like the first time it didn't work out. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one. I don't know if this one is a good example, but um, I decided in 2008, I think I was like, I don't know, 26 or something like that. I just graduated uh, the marketing course because I'd gone back to school after being a trainer. Loved being a trainer. It was so fun. Uh, I just kind of lost my passion in it um, and kind of burned out. So I went back to school. Anyways, finally graduated, um, was exhausted, had had worked three jobs, um, you know, gone to school, really late hours, all the things. So at that time I was like, okay, I need a break and I need to get away. So I got a visa to go live in England in London. And my goal there was I wanted to spend two years, I think it was on the visa, and I wanted to get a great job, and I wanted to explore being a writer. Mm -hmm. So I took a few courses when I was there, which was really great and really good learning curve because I felt like I'm a very outgoing person, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can be introverted and a bit shy in new settings where I don't feel comfortable. So going out and doing things on my own in a new city, don't know anybody. Like, that was a great achievement for me. But I only lasted staying there eight months. Mm -hmm. You know, the course was great. I think the piece of writing I wrote was not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I took a couple freelance gigs. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Wasn't really profitable. Sure. And it was 2008. Not that it's it's any excuse, but it was the recession. So I found it very difficult to find a job. and. I, but my goal was sort of this Notting Hill dream of, you know, yes. working in a bookstore and, you know, yes. finding a Hugh Grant and yes. living in Notting Hill. Anyways, I did work in a bookstore <laughs> and I pretend that it was a cute one, but I couldn't get a job in a cute one. So I worked at like sort of what a about, large chain. What about Hugh? And it, no, no, Hughes. no. Okay. I had to ask. Oh, I had to ask. Anyways, no Hughes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was still a really great experience. Yes. I think totally helped set me up for the rest of my life and I'm so glad I did it because I think I would have a feeling of uh, regret had I not taken some time for myself traveled and you know but I had eight months where I wasn't working Mm -hmm. the dream I envisioned for myself was silly not really silly but 
in the grand scheme, it wasn't my life goal. So right. I, I don't know what that year off was. And it wasn't like I achieved a whole lot. I met great people, though. Mm-hmm. And I networked. And they're all still in my life. That's and I fabulous. think it's helped me get where I am. So I think what I'm trying to say here is, like, that to me could have been a failure. At the moment, felt a little like a failure. Yeah. Couldn't find a job and blah, blah, blah. Came home early. And, yeah. like, you know, I had a going away party. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm back already. Like, <laughs> thanks know. for the party. Um, <laughs> Let's have another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always down. But, you know, in hindsight now, looking back, it was such a positive that failure it made me better and it made me who I am and I had great experiences and I don't regret a second of it at all so uh, you know those failures it's important to categorize them too like personally or professionally Mm -hmm. or what have you but they're gonna get you to that next phase you need them to learn Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like do you go to college you go to university Mm -hmm. university is theory most of the time and college is Mm hands-on I'm a hands-on learner yeah. I need to go through it. It's not right for everybody, but that's how it was for me. So failures or mistakes get me to my next thing. Mm-hmm. So I that think- goes into relationships too. Like, you know, you're it's a bummer when, you know, marriages or engagements or relationships don't work out and surprise you in the, in yeah. the at the same time. Um, but... Thank God that happened. I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful that happened. That was the best thing that could have happened to me. Unfortunate for the timing. Of course. But maybe not because that timing taught me everything I needed to be exactly who I am right now. You know, to take the chances to come to LA, to open my heart to new experiences and new people, to take chances with a second office in LA and, and going about the whole same thing, like starting, it's essentially like starting another business in a new area and just doing it. And that's what I mean by just doing it. Yeah. You know, you're, it's going to, it's not going to always be fun and it's not always going to be easy, but I think if you can 70% of the time, like what you're doing, like it's a joke to say, you know, uh, love what you do and a passionate that's very important but it's unrealistic to think you're going to feel that way every day yeah and you're not and and one one thing you know I'll never forget it's just always stuck with me Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez said to me when I interviewed love her J-Lo. I know so do I and I love her at 50 more than ever and she's just redefining I don't believe she's 50 I'm sorry she is like <laughs> I, I don't get it she is gorgeous and and in person believe it or not even more beautiful mm-hmm. And the reports of her being a diva and what have you, that was not my experience of her at all. Great. She was a real girl's girl, very down to earth and just nice, like mm-hmm. really nice. But I remember her saying to me, this was the one thing that stuck out. And at the time, I probably didn't understand why. But now I can look back and I think, yeah, no, now I totally get it. But we were talking about, you know, having a long career and being in the spotlight for so long. And she mm-hmm. says, you know, anytime you want to be somewhere for a long time, she says, you have to expect you'll be up and down. Mm-hmm. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be ups and downs. So if you want longevity, that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of people on social media now coming out and saying, no, like, this is also my life. Right. You know, and this is. The real me. This is right. how I wake up. This is what my life actually looks like. Yes, I struggled um, having it, to get pregnant. Or yes, I struggled yeah. in, in my last relationship. Or we broke up. You know, like people are, I think everybody now, I, personally saying this, you know, I just think that they're yearning for authenticity mm-hmm. and realness. Mm-hmm. Because, I'll use Instagram as an example, but Instagram has 
painted this picture of other people that is just pure fiction and we're kind of getting over it. Yeah. I mean, that's my hope anyways. Yeah. Well, I think the pendulum is going to swing. Yeah. It, it has to. I mean, even saying the word now influencer is like, what feelings does that evoke in you when you hear the word influencer? You don't think of authenticity. That's mm-hmm. not what comes to mind anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that, you know, the the FTC had to step in and say, you know, you have to let people know if this is a sponsored ad. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot fake it anymore. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, a swing and I hope that it continues. Um, But for, you know, for people who are on Instagram and who are consumers and not producers, that's sometimes who I worry about. Mm -hmm. The people who are, you know, we're on the producing side. Mm -hmm of Instagram, sometimes people who are at home and consuming, this is no different than when, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were on the case of, you know, the fashion world saying you're Photoshopping photos too much and blah, 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 and it's not authentic. Well, that's Instagram as well. And we have to, I think with magazines, it was a clearly defined line in our minds, but I think that that line got really blurred with Instagram and everybody was presenting as th- their highlight reel as reality when it wasn't. But I think that the unwritten rule with the fashion magazines 15, 20 years ago was not apparent mm-hmm. with social media today. And I think that's a little bit how we got in trouble. You're in the business. What What do you think? Well, I think also you said something interesting, like how we're producers. And honestly, I think everybody... The wonderful thing about Instagram, since we're talking about specifically yeah. Instagram, is everybody's a producer. Mm-hmm. There's that democratization of media. Anybody can do it. Yeah, but I I personally quite like that mm-hmm. because I love to see the world through different lenses. Mm-hmm. And it's it allows for people to be super creative. Like, look at the amazing talents that maybe otherwise would have gone un, unseen. Exactly. You know? So... I mean, I love that. I love exploring Instagram and finding wicked brands in yeah. New Zealand or, yeah. you know, parts of Europe I would have otherwise never come across. Exactly. Connect with people like, you know, we connected actually. I Absolutely. Think, I mean, yes, we knew each other, but we both didn't know from where or how no. or we figured it out now. Oh my God, you're going to die. You're not going to believe this. What? I found photos of us. So did. I meant to no. say it like three times. Yes. I did. And, 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 and. <laughs> together, together at a party. Together <laughs> at a party. And it was at the Thompson Hotel yeah. in Toronto on the rooftop, which I read in the Hollywood Reporter that they're getting rid of it. What? Really? Yes. Why? That they're redesigning the Thompson Hotel. Huh. And that they're. The rooftop is not going to be the rooftop anymore. Really? Which is crazy. I had so many good times there. I know. I know. But there's some other really great rooftops now, so it's all good. We'll talk about that. And we're here. Exactly. LA is like the land of of rooftops. Yeah. It really is. Mm -hmm. So what do you love so much about being an entrepreneur? So many things. Yeah. I love and hate things okay so I love um that I can choreograph my day Mm -hmm. to some degree I go into the office I'm there every day and you know there's things you have to do in your life but 
for the most part, I can carry I can choreograph it. You know, I want to sign a new client or I want to hire a new person. Okay, I could do all those things. I have to push myself, but I, I can do all those things. So I think that's awesome. I like how it can be an unpredictable tomorrow because mm-hmm. I live in that. Mm-hmm. It keeps me on my toes. I'm not bored. I love the people that I can curate my environment with that completely inspire me. Um, we have a great team at Two Social, and I really, I mean that when I say that. I love having them in the office, and yeah. they make my days better by going in and seeing them. But um, so I love all of that, and, and you know, having the opportunity to continually be inspired mm-hmm. by an ever-changing day mm-hmm. is cool. So I love all those things. There's things I hate too, though, mm-hmm. and they're probably the same things I love. Right? You know, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. The unpredictable days, yeah can be stressful, yeah. you know. I always, I have to make a decision on things, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes we laugh. My friends are always like, you take forever to decide if you're going to come on this trip or why haven't you booked your flight yet? And it probably drives my boyfriend crazy as well. But it's like, guys, guys, I make decisions all day. Right. Please, the unimportant ones, I'm in. If I say I'm in, here's my card, sort it out, I'm in. Exactly. But, you know. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so is is there something in your personality type? Like if there's there, there are women who are listening today who are doing the 9 to 5 and, mm-hmm. and they've started growing their personal brand and, and they have an idea and they want to actually go for it and they're not sure if they're cut out for being an entrepreneur today. Can you give some tips or is there certain things that, you know, we should be mindful of as we go onto that path? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, be ready for no's. Mm-hmm. And when you get them, learn from them. That would be my best advice, I think. Um, talk to mentors find mentors, talk to people in your field. You know, there's the thing about you don't want to discuss things with your competition. No, learn from your competition. Chat with your competition. Go have a coffee with your competition if you can, I think. That's what I do. Um, Or people that I aspire to compete with anyways. Sure, sure, sure. That's an important part. You have to also, like I mentioned, um, extrovert, introvert, Mm -hmm. part of my personality. So it's very hard for me. I do not like networking. Or, or in the traditional sense, you yeah. know, like I feel forced. Yeah. I don't like those. Find what works for you. Yeah. You don't have to do those if that yeah. doesn't work for you. Yeah. I don't do them. I don't right. like them. They don't feel authentic to me. In fact, they make me quiet. Like I'll stand at a corner and not talk to anybody. But So, so then how do you network? Like what's the alternative? Organically. I yeah. think, you know, I like, you know, meeting with you for a coffee. I will go away and and reach out to people and have a one-on-one conversation yeah. with people I'm interested in getting to know and people that I think are inspiring mm-hmm. and I have those conversations like I like the one-on-one setting so you got to find what works for you I right think. that's how right. I do it um in terms of networking it's always typically through people and it's funny because I think to social is a reflection of that as well we don't really go out and get new businesses all referrals referrals from our clients referrals from our partners um and that's bomb I think I know? think so too and I think it speaks volumes about your business too mm-hmm. like my team yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so so what is it exactly for people who are like okay too social like what is mm-hmm. it exactly that that too social does because I I mean I love love the business model thanks I do I do well we call ourselves brand nurturers mm-hmm. because that's the best way to describe it 
So what we mean by that is uh, we work with businesses and brands and we sort of partner with them, as we like to say, mm -hmm. and try to work with them on understanding their business objectives, the what's and the why's. And social and digital is really just a vehicle to help get them there. But there's other things involved in that. So we do web design and development. We manage their websites. We look at analytics. We build email marketing campaigns. We work, of course, with influencers where necessary. But we, we do manage social platforms for our clients. We design all the content for our it's clients. Amazing. You know, we can do all of the things. We've scaled to the size of the, the client's, you know, um, perhaps campaign. So sure. we can do activations, we can do events, we can do all of the things, but first and foremost, we have to decide what it is that's going to be successful or what needs to happen for that client to reach that level of success. Yeah. So that's what we do. That's really yeah. exciting. Is is there a, a project right now that you're working on or a brand that you're with that it's just like you love or they're super exciting or something new it's so funny so many people ask me that even like when we're interviewing people they'll ask me that question too and it, and it sounds pretty cheesy but I really truly mean it when I say I am so grateful uh -huh. for the clients we have yeah. especially right now I truly like all of them as people and I get behind their brands like I love everything that they're all doing so um I don't really have a favorite mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think they're all creative in different ways sure it's a joy to sit in round table with them and just yeah. strategize because we have some clients in cannabis and CBD and they're doing great things for people's health and children's yeah. health and I love that I'm so passionate about sure. that then we work with some nostalgia brands that are just really great products that we can do super fun creative things through Instagram and you know other platforms mm -hmm. as well I mean there's there's quite a few, like we're lucky in that sense. And yeah. we don't take on like our point of difference, I think, is we do partner with our clients and we're not looking for a thousand clients. We want right. an, a, a proper handful that we can deliver results for, honestly, and have a relationship with. We're invested as much as they are. Like we come on as their marketing team. In some instances, we are their only marketing team. Mm -hmm. So we take it very seriously. Like we're part of their team. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. I'm so impressed. And it's so crazy because when we reconnected, I said to I said to Lauren, I'm like, this is nuts because I've been following two social anyways. That's which awesome. is so I crazy. Love that. Thank and you. and just to fill in the gap for everybody, <laughs> it just gets weirder and weirder. So Lauren and I have photos together mm -hmm. meeting what, five years ago maybe? maybe? I think even six maybe. It could be. Wow. You're right. You it's know what? Six, You're, it six. is. You're absolutely right. Okay. And so then my brother's girlfriend put me on to Lauren again. Like it, this is just, it's, it's such a small world. Okay. And so it gets even smaller. So her father passes. Sadly, so does mine. Her engagement falls apart. My marriage falls apart all at the same time. Different years, was obviously. It, different years? it was different it was. years. Okay. I checked. I okay, did. Because I was going to be like, if it was the same year, I would, that would just be, be like, bye. Okay. I'm bye. Scared. And it's Friday the 13th. Um, and so, Gets, oh my God! It, it is, is Friday, Friday the thirteenth. I know it's crazy, isn't it? So, so today I believe this is going to air on September thirtieth, which is a Monday. We're recording on Friday, September thirteenth. It's just so, so crazy. And so we are both Torontonians. Mm -hmm. Lawrence part time in LA. I'm full time in LA. We even went to school in the same school district, like your school and my school. Or high schools, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. <laughs> Mississauga in the house. Hello. Speaking of Mississauga, so 
uh, very exciting announcement. Lauren is going to be a regular contributor yes. at goodgirlmafia.com. And now that you've gotten to know her, hello, was I right to bring her on board? Oh. You bet I was. But this is not the first time you have written no. Let's talk about oh, that. Oh, can we? Yeah, Come we totally on. can. We totally can. We have and to. And actually, it was super fun, so I don't mind talking about I it. A I actually bet it was, and I'm looking through my notes right now because I have to single and saga <laughs> columnist. <laughs> yeah, Mississauga oh. Life magazine, and you and I are both, we went to high school. Yep. Did, now, did, did you grow up in Mississauga? Yes. Like, okay, I was born in Mississauga General Hospital. Which is now... Was I? I think I was, too. No, you weren't. Stop it. I gotta ask my sister. I never remember this, but I think I was. Yeah. Oh, that's just crazy. So I was born there, but then I grew up... Um, I spent until the end of eighth grade in London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And then from there, moved back to Mississauga. And then spent high school years in Mississauga. So you were a writer um, for singles. I love it. So funny. Okay, so how okay. long did it last? How did this come about? Well, this is around the time that I was really wanting to be a writer. I'm probably prompted. I'm not even going to lie. I was probably prompted by like watching way too much Sex in the yeah. City and yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but the fact that you executed, like how many I of us know. think we were, we all think we were Carrie. <gasps> okay, we weren't Miranda. Nobody wanted to be, but we all thought we were Carrie. You went out and did it. Kudos I guess so. You. Yeah, yeah. That, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Um, there's the positive. Um, exactly. No, I actually really enjoyed it. They were a lovely team. It was a... Uh, a magazine called Mississauga Life, and mm -hmm. they had a readership of 250,000 yeah. people. So it was a fantastic platform for me. I was really happy to, it was such a break, really, of course. to be honest. And, um, you know, it's in Mississauga. I have a soft spot for Mississauga. It's my hometown. Yes. Shout out Hazel McCallion. Hello. What? Oh my Googler, gosh. Googler, Googler. She's amazing. She is. Anyways, and so they were awesome to give me free reign. That's to, you great. You know, cre creatively. And they were like, well, what do you want to write about? And I was like, I want to write it. What do I know? Oh, I know how to be single. Like, I'm really good at that. Like I love so, it. So, you know, it was around the time, too, where everyone around me was, like, getting engaged and getting married. And I needed an outlet anyways. So it it was just kind of a fun, fun column. That and, and how long did it last? I did it for, like, a little over a year. So you were writing regularly for, I love it. Totally regularly. I love to the it. point where, I, this is so funny, I would get... Like, people would write me. Like, people who read oh the column God. would often write me. There wasn't a ton of social media yeah. at that time. It was before 2013. I can't yeah. remember when it was. But So they would write me for advice That's on, cool. you know, where should I go? Because I would write about where to go in the city, yeah. in that city, yeah. uh, to meet people and stuff. And they said, look, where should I go? And how can I meet? And I said, my often my response, just like, to be honest, was... Guys, I'm writing about being single. Like, do you want to ask me for advice on where to go? Like, I clearly don't know. You know, like, it's not. So, I love it. So I love it. I loved it so much. And it was fun. It was funny. It gave me a laugh. And it was a nice outlet. And it was great practice for me. You know, deadlines and all these things. But um, it got to a point where I just felt like me continuing to write it. Yeah. It was sort of like a vision board, the secret. I yes. just like, I keep talking about being single. I'm just going to continue being single. That's something. And so I didn't want to be single forever. So I, I needed to evolve and move on. Yeah. So And you um, did. Yeah. But we're happy to have all those writing skills. Oh, we're absolutely. so Gosh. thrilled to absolutely. have you. And now you can see why I want to have Lauren writing. And I'm part, so excited. Part I love of what you're this doing. platform. Thank you. I'm so delighted to have you. You have no idea. Well, thank you. I think it goes back to, you know, getting involved. You had mentioned in my bio in the beginning how I try to find ways to use social media 
to have those or stimulate those positive mm-hmm. conversations. And I think what you're doing is an exact is exactly that. So to be a part of it is fantastic. Thank I'm excited. You. We're going to do some fun articles. We really are. Yeah. We really are. Okay, so before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I have started asking my guests sort of the same questions at the end of each podcast. Okay. And so one of them is if you today had to give words of encouragement to a woman who, and I'm going to go back to the fact that you're a powerhouse entrepreneur. You've been doing this for years, mm-hmm. one after another after. I mean, your company is amazing, and you've Thank this is you. not your first company. So if there's a woman who's listening today, she is an entrepreneur, aspires to be an entrepreneur. Um, she's got that in her DNA. She's got that in her blood. Words of encouragement for her. You're amazing. Go kill it because we need more of you. Preach. <sighs> Preach. Because if I can and you can, we all can. Absolutely. It's not, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. It's not the hardest thing in the world. You can do it. Yeah. If you have a great idea and you're resilient, go for it. I always believe that the difference between people who are doing it and those who haven't is that the people who are doing it, you just kind of stayed with it a little bit longer. Like, you didn't just have a great idea. You decided, like, okay, well, I'm going to take the first few steps and start. Yeah. And then, oh, well, I'm going to take steps 10, 11, 12, and 13. And, like, you just kept going. Keep going. It's so important. But I think whether it's goalless or however you want to track it, you should track it. Because at some point, I mean, you can't keep doing something for a very long time and not seeing any results. Exactly. But definitely give it time. Proper yeah. time to try. Yeah. Nurture it. Brand, nurture it. There you go. Okay. So empowerment. This mm-hmm. is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And if you ask me what what the definition of empowerment is, I think I'm still on a quest mm-hmm. to find really a good definition of it. Um, so I'm going to ask you, when do you feel very empowered? Like what gives you that feeling? Looking at around and seeing the relationships I've cultivated in my life. That makes me feel inspired and empowered because these people are great. And I think that for us to connect, there must be shared qualities. So if they're a reflection of any part of me, then I'm doing okay. I love that. I love that. And I think as women, we need to go about finding empowerment. No one can give it to you. Mm -hmm. Nobody can hand it to you on a silver platter. It's not going to come your way. You've got to get up, get out, and find it and find that feeling. And, And how do I know when I'm empowered? You'll know. Girl, you'll know. know. And I think if you take time being grateful and looking around, it'll come to you. You'll feel it because you'll be appreciative of everything around you. Well, I'm appreciative of you. Thank you, likewise. I really genuinely thank you for coming into the studio, (sighs) for being a contributor, and just having you. I just think you're amazing, and thank you. We're going to turn this off. We're going to keep talking for another hour. I love it. (laughs) This is so good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. I hope that you have enjoyed Lauren as much as I have. I'm sure you have. Um, And I want to thank all of you, again, for listening. I want to thank all of you for your suggestions questions and for telling me what it is you want from Good Girl Mafia. Don't forget to share the podcast with others as well. It is a thing, okay? It's a thing. You need to subscribe, like, and share. That's a thing, right, Lauren? It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. That That's how podcasts grow, and I'm here because of you. So I really appreciate it. Have a fabulous week. I will be back here next week, next Monday, with another great podcast. Thanks again, everyone. I will talk to you later. Diana's out.